0: Ray, have you ever worked with or for someone who,
1: you know, isn't very bright? I can think of a few. Uh, At (laughs) least a few dozen people I've worked with over the years who fall into that category.
0: Okay. How about someone so incompetent? that they continue to get promotions and raises. Uh, And maybe that's just to keep them away from the work that actually needs to get done, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know the type. Uh, I've been in meetings where they try to keep some senior executives out of the room so they don't mess anything up. (laughs) I do the work and they get all the credit and the raises. Yeah,
0: no, I've I've been there too, for sure. And then we scratch our heads and I guess we meet at the bar to commiserate. (laughs) At least we have the bar to drown our sorrows, though. At least we have that. So today we're going to head to Newburyport, Massachusetts, to visit the former home of Lord Timothy Dexter. Now, in 1802, he published a book you've never heard of called A Pickle for the Knowing Ones. But more importantly, he's an idiot of a man who continued to fail upward. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jeff Belanger, and welcome to the New England Legends Podcast.
1: And I'm Ray Osier. Thank you for joining us on our mission to chronicle every legend in New England one story at a time. Weather, odd, history, roadside, oddities, ghosts, monsters, UFOs. Our podcast explores the
0: bizarre. Hey, did you know most of our story leads come from you? This one did. Thank you to Alicia Hamilton of Salem, Massachusetts for tipping us off. If you've got a story you think we should check out, please reach out to us any old time through our website. Our website is where you can access our entire show archive, plus see upcoming dates for Ray's Band, the pub kings and dates for my ongoing story tour.
1: Now, before we go looking for a newbury poured man who failed upward, we want to take just a minute to tell you about our sponsor.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my Darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide.
0: Okay, Ray. Remember that book I told you about that you've never heard of? A Pickle for the Knowing Ones. (laughs) Right. Well, (laughs) I guess you've heard of it now. Uh, So the book has 8,847 words in it, over 32 pages, 33,864 letters in the book, and it has no punctuation. (laughs) The spelling and grammar are a mess, and he randomly capitalizes words. So here, why don't you give this section of the book uh, a quick read? You know, do your best. Okay, uh, let's see. It says, To mankind at large,
1: capital L, uh, The time is come at last, The grat day of regozing. What is that why I tell you, Thou's three kings is razzed, razzed, You he should know razzed on, The first royal arch in the world. wow.
0: That's uh, (laughs) not really a page turner, is it? No, no, no. It's a mess is what it is. I'm not sure what all that meant. I I don't know either, but that's right out of the book. And he self-published it in 1802. Now in the book, he complains about his wife, uh, about politicians, about the clergy, and really anything else that comes across his mind. And as messy and disjointed as that book was, it somehow became a hit.
1: This mess of a book was a hit? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Par for the course if you're Lord Timothy Dexter, really. Okay, let's head over to Dexter's Newburyport house. It's uh, right up here on the corner of High Street and Dexter Lane.
1: The street is named after him? It is. Okay, this isn't a home. It's a palace.
0: Yeah. It's clearly the
1: biggest house on the street. It's three stories tall with a hipped roof. The house has columns, masonry blocks on the corners, and a fancy cupola at the top. The guy that wrote that mess of a book owned this mansion?
0: Yeah, he did. He's an eccentric who failed his way all the way up the socioeconomic ladder. And to find out how, let's head back to 1769 and meet the young buck.
1: It's April of 1769 here in Newburyport, Massachusetts, and love is in the air. Well, love and ambition are in the air. 22-year-old Timothy Dexter has just moved here from Malden, Massachusetts, where he worked as a tanner's apprentice. Young Timothy isn't the sharpest spoon in the drawer, and he's not very educated. He dropped out of school when he was only eight to work on a farm. But he knows there are two ways to make
0: money when you don't have a lot. You can work hard,
1: scrimp and save, or... You can
0: marry rich. And Dexter sees no reason to break his back unnecessarily, so he sets his sights on the wealthy widow, Elizabeth Frothingham. She's 10 years a senior, but more importantly, she's rich. Timothy and Elizabeth are soon married, and the two buy a mansion with the money. And it takes money to make money. It's always been true. And now, Timothy has some money to invest for an even brighter future. But his days of big investments will have to wait, because... The colonies are at war with England. A revolt is underway.
1: After years of fighting, a new nation is born. Though the war officially ended with the Treaty of Paris in 1783, it was clear a few years earlier that England had little hope of holding on to the colonies. And when you break free from a nation... It presents a lot of problems. Sure. Uh, You need to set up a new government that people can agree on. You need tax dollars to pay for those services. And taxes will make
0: everyone upset. You need a new flag. Songs need to be written. It's exhausting. You also need your own money. Now, here's the funny thing about paper banknotes. For the last century or so, everyone around these parts used continental currency. It was backed by the King of England, and you could use those banknotes to buy the things you need. Like beer. Like beer. But when you break away from the government backing those notes... They become worthless, almost overnight. But before they fall to zero value, inflation explodes. So like on Monday, a loaf of bread could cost one continental dollar. And by Wednesday, that same loaf of bread may cost three continental dollars. By Friday, it could be ten. And by the following week, it doesn't matter how many continental dollars you have... No one wants it because there's nothing they can do with it. Yeah, that's a big problem for sure. So our friend Timothy Dexter is going around buying continental currency with gold. He's buying it up at a fraction of the value. Is he stupid? That's what everyone thinks as they trade their worthless paper for gold. But maybe Dexter believes England will ultimately prevail and this will be worth a fortune again. Well, somebody needs to tell him he's backing
1: the wrong horse.
0: No, totally. Now, when the war officially ends, this new nation called the United States... Knows people out there need some kind of new currency. And they offer to buy back continental currency at roughly 1% of its face value. But not Massachusetts. Massachusetts offers to buy back continental currency on par. Which means a face value exchange so... So Timothy Dexter just made a fortune. Maybe he's a genius. Maybe he's that smart. Or, you know, maybe it was just dumb luck. Anyway, with even more money, Dexter can continue investing in his big ideas. So he has some ships built. And launches his new export business to the West Indies.
1: Meanwhile, the local Newburyport nobility can't stand him. He's uneducated, he's rough around the edges, he's not one of them. But... There he is, as wealthy as they are, and attending the same parties. It's awful. Pretty soon, the local gentry begins to conspire against Dexter.
0: Oh,
1: this is brutal. What'd they say? Well, some of the local nobility have convinced Dexter that he should export as many bed warmers as he can to the West Indies. Bed warmers?
0: You mean those covered metal pans you warm on your hearth and then you you put them in your bed to warm them up on, like, cold winter nights? Yes, those are the ones. To the West Indies? (laughs) Yes. The West Indies are tropical. Jamaica, Cuba, places like that. Why would they ever need bed warmers? They wouldn't. But Timothy Dexter falls for
1: it anyway. He loads his ship with bed warmers. And sends them south to ports in the West Indies. (laughs) Dexter isn't very bright, is he? No, he is not. But the strangest thing happens when his ships arrive in the West Indies. What's that? As anyone can guess, the locals have no use for a bed warmer. <laughs> sure. But some locals take a look at these strange contraptions and realize they'd be perfect as a ladle for the molasses industry. The inventory sells out, and Dexter's ship sails back to Newburyport, flush with money.
0: (laughs) What dumb luck! And now, I guess, Timothy Dexter is slightly richer. (laughs) But the local
1: Newburyport gentry are not deterred. This time, they tell Dexter all about coal 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 is the thing people need right now and he should load his ships and sail them to
0: newcastle in northeastern england ship coal to newcastle (laughs) dexter must be an idiot newcastle is a huge producer of coal it's their biggest export they would have no need to import it pretty much ever Timothy Dexter never got
1: that memo, so he loads his ships and sails them to Newcastle full of coal to the delight of the Newburyport nobility who are ready to watch him fail and fall into financial ruin. When Dexter's ship, full of coal, arrives in Newcastle, the captain learns there's been a recent strike by the local coal miners. <laughs> The captain is able to unload the coal from Dexter's ships into the waiting cargo holds of other ships who pay a huge premium for the
0: cargo. Come on, really? What are the odds of arriving during a coal strike? And now Dexter is even more wealthy. He's either some kind of business savant... Or he has the kind of luck, the likes of which I don't think I've ever seen. (laughs) This time, Dexter's
1: detractors in new reports suggest he ship a cargo of gloves to the South Sea Islands. (sighs) Those are the tropics. They wouldn't need gloves. I know, I know, I know. Still, Dexter sends his ships full of gloves to the South Sea Islands just in time for his captain to sell the cargo to ships bound for colder waters in China. And Dexter wins again.
0: This guy's unbelievable. Dexter ships Bibles to the East Indies where waiting missionaries snatch them up. He ships a boat full of stray cats to the Caribbean where they solve the local rat problem.
1: By now, some are starting to suspect that Timothy Dexter acts the fool because no one sees him coming. He's cornering markets others didn't know were there. Maybe there's more to this fool than people previously thought.
0: Timothy Dexter is only growing more wealthy and eccentric by the day. It's 1798, and Dexter buys a Newburyport Palace from Captain Thomas, who owned the house only for a short time before his death. And Dexter gets to work making some changes. He adds a golden eagle on the top of the cupola on the house. He builds a mausoleum for himself, and he has wooden statues of famous and great men placed around the property. Now, some of the statues are obvious.
1: Yeah, I can see George Washington over there, Thomas Jefferson next to us. I guess that short guy is Napoleon
0: Bonaparte. And, and here's William Pitt over here. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, this collection wouldn't be complete without a statue of Timothy Dexter as well. <laughs> Go ahead and read the inscription underneath. Okay. It says, I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world. Humble guy. <laughs> Definitely. A humble guy who's starting to believe his own legend. Dexter would tell locals that his wife died. And the woman they see walking around the property is merely her ghost.
1: Speaking of ghosts, at one point, Dexter fakes his own death so he can hold a weight to see how the community would react to his passing. Thousands attend, but Dexter is furious when he doesn't see his wife crying at
0: the fake funeral. (sighs) Eccentric. That's one word for it. So in 1802, Timothy Dexter, the quote, greatest philosopher in the Western world, publishes his book, A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, full of spelling and grammar errors and not a bit of punctuation to be found. Now, what should have been a commercial flop went on to eight editions and printings. In the fourth edition, he answers his critics, who complained about no punctuation, by adding an appendix with a page full of punctuation marks, commas, periods, exclamation points, and so on. He tells the reader to, quote, Pepper and salt as they please. And pepper and salt are both spelled wrong. (laughs) Either way, this book earns Lord Timothy Dexter even more money. And that brings us back to today. Lord Timothy Dexter died October 23rd, 1806.
1: He was 59 years old and is buried in a family plot in Old Hill
0: Burying Ground in Newburyport. And his mansion can still be seen here on High Street. Statues are all long gone, but it's still a stately building. Sure is. Ray, I've made this point in the past. Do you know the difference between eccentric and crazy? Mm, tell me. It's money. If you have a lot of it and act weird, you're eccentric. If you're poor and act weird, you're crazy. <laughs> and that checks
1: out. <laughs> right? Lord Timothy Dexter feels like one part Forrest Gump, one part
0: Elon Musk. <laughs> that might be the perfect comparison. <laughs> I mean, I love how eccentrics become croutons in the salad that is New England. You know, I mean, they leave a mark. We remember them. We still talk about them. They march to their own drummer and they leave behind a legacy. Even if that legacy... Is really weird.
1: And weird is our specialty. And that brings us to After the Legend, where we take a deeper dive into this week's story and sometimes
0: veer into uncharted waters. That we do. After the Legend is brought to you by our Patreon patrons. Our mission to bring you two podcasts per week full of the oddities you love takes a lot of time and money. We want to keep going and keep getting bigger, but we can't do it without you. Our patrons know great content isn't free. They kick in just three bucks per month, and they get early access to new episodes, plus bonus episodes and content that no one else gets to hear. Just head to patreon.com slash New England Legends to sign up. And if you'd like to see pictures of Lord Timothy Dexter and his estate, click on the link on our episode description, or go to our website and click on episode 297, where... You'll also find a link to read his entire book online for free, <laughs> A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, if you think you can get through it and would like to write us a book report. Uh, I think Ray would really appreciate someone <laughs> translating would. that into English.
1: We won't take uh, spelling into uh, consideration either. Well, no spelling or, or uh, punctuation or grammar. That's okay. Just give us what you got.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a strange book, but it's all online. Like someone put the whole thing up. Thank Thank you.
1: Is it luck? Is it dumb luck? Is it is it just this guy was just born with a uh, you know a, 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 yeah, a horseshoe up his butt or <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: That's know. That's the phrase, isn't it? <laughs> I believe. Yeah, I have the, I, that was. Uh, I think it's in the Bible. I think he just quoted Leviticus. Uh, I'm not
1: sure. By the way, before we go any further, I had no idea of Napoleon's last name. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Bonaparte. Yeah. Never heard it that way. It's yeah. always Napoleon. He was so famous that it was just like it was just one name, like Madonna, like Madonna right?
0: Sting, uh, yeah. Cher. Yeah, I get it. Napoleon, Bonaparte. Yeah, okay. Ray. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, no, it's uh, it, it's uh, yeah. He sort of feels Forrest Gumpy. Remember that? Like, oh yeah, Lieutenant Dan invested all of our money in some fruit company, which was <laughs> Apple. Well,
1: I mean, if you watch that movie, he did fa- fail upwards
0: again and again and again. Yeah. Like just kept getting richer and richer and uh shouldn't have, but he did. And I sort of love that. And on the one hand, I think sometimes um there there's uh I heard an expression for, about younger people, right? Sometimes younger people succeed wildly at mm. something because they're too dumb to know that they can't do it. Well you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and I think there's some truth to that where like no one I mean an adult would be like, oh you can't go and invent some new thing and and put it on the market and sell it to millions of people. Right. And kids are just like I don't know any better. So I'm just going to try and damn it. Some of them do it or
1: just look at uh, social media, TikTok, um, yeah. uh, YouTube. I don't know what the Snapchat, right? Yeah.
0: People do dumb things and
1: become very successful for doing dumb things. And people
0: subscribe and they have ad revenue and, yeah. uh, uh, millionaires. <laughs> I don't get it. And then there's guys like us that are really hustling. There's a successful movie franchise, I don't know if you've heard of, called (laughs) Jackass. Yeah, yeah. Which is brilliant. (laughs) It really is. But it's
1: just guys failing upward. Yeah, just like,
0: what dumb things can we (laughs) convince each other to do? You know, and uh, we'll film it, and people will pay to watch it. Yeah. And here we are laughing and laughing, going, these guys are idiots. And they're going, yeah, we are. But they're humble.
1: None like if right. you ever like yeah. uh, heard an interview with Johnny Knoxville, hum, humble guy. Yeah, Forrest Gump was a humble guy, right. right? This guy was not. That's what upsets me. I think about this.
0: Yeah, no, he he married rich and exploited everything <laughs> around him. I, I think some of it must have been just dumb luck, and yeah, yeah. some of it was just um, uh, ingenuity. Um, where you go and you just you impose your will onto the universe. I some, suppose some people do that, where they're just like, "Yeah, um, okay, bed warmers." Th- they'll find a use down there. Right, right. You know, down there in the tropics. Maybe he left knowing
1: they weren't going to use them for their yeah. intended purposes. Yeah. Um, but had a, had the idea the ladle. Like, oh, they'll use it for something.
0: But or you you bring something that nobody's ever seen, and suddenly it becomes the hottest thing going. Maybe he was a great salesman. Maybe right. that was it. Once
1: he got there, he's like, yeah. This isn't the purpose we're going to use it for. We're going to do it yeah. for this. And I blew their minds.
0: Yeah. Your, your beds are hot. It's too warm at night to sleep. Right. You don't need that. But, like, what could you do with this? Like, right. Check it out. You, you have know?
1: white gloves on. Can I sell you a ketchup popsicle? Right. <laughs> because right. they
0: taste So good. So good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I do. I do wonder, um, if it's just dumb, dumb luck or, um, but this guy's such a great figure, and that house is gorgeous. My goodness, I lived there. I i probably drove by it many times. Yeah, I didn't know about this
1: story. Beautiful. But next time I visit Newburyport, which I do often, yeah, I will look for this house.
0: Yeah, we've had a few weird ones come out of Newburyport. We a, had the school, a haunted schoolhouse. Yeah. yeah, and um. Uh, yeah, no. So there's there's some there's some cool stories up there for sure. But um, but this one, uh, and you look at it, and it is the nicest house on the street. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's still gorgeous. Very well taken care of. Private property, so you you have to admire from the road. Right. Um, but that's this house isn't the real big part of the story anyway. It's yeah, the, yeah. The guy that made the fortune to buy it. There's a lot of nice houses though in Newburyport. Sure. So it might yeah. be hard to find, but yeah. High Street, right? I think High Street. That, that yeah. might be the main street. High Street and Dexter, right? The corner. of High, High Street and, street Dexter. and Dexter. Yeah. We'll look for that next time. Named after the after the guy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If it wasn't bad enough that he was getting rich, somebody yeah. named the street after him too. Now people had to live on that street. This idiot, I'm on Dexter Street. You know who Dexter is? He's an idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot who
0: made a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're just jealous. Like, I am yeah, I a little I bit. Am? Maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably something to that.
1: Please be sure to share this episode with your friends and consider posting a review for us online how we grow the more people who listen and share these stories the more leads that come in and everything grows on itself it takes a community to do this and we're glad you're a part of ours
0: thank you to our patreon patrons and our theme music is by john judd until next time remember the Bazaar is closer than you think